Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You may be seated. Last time I was with you, we actually read this very verse. And we're going to look at this again today as a review, as a follow-up, because there's something that I, again, want you to understand. And as I say you, I say you as I say we. And that will make more sense as we go along today. I really want you to listen. Of course, what preacher doesn't want you to really listen, right? The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good is that God gives us his Spirit that we could work for each other. Now, we know when we come to church, and we're about church, that, that we know that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to care for one another, look out for one another, do things for one another. But did you realize that we are actually anointed of the Holy Spirit to carry that out. That long before it was just simply the idea of coming to church that you would help one another, that it was God's idea, and that God has spent all the centuries bringing this together, and so through his Son and then by his Holy Spirit, he wants to move and work amongst you. This was his idea and so that when you respond, know this, that you're not alone in your response. We talked about last time the human body as Paul used that as an example. And so I want to review that again as we learn more today. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. You. You are the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are, are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. God, when he saved you, he immediately put you, baptized you into the body of Christ. There may be those, and I have always encountered those through the years, and this is not a Negative, this is not putting them down, but so many people I've encountered have said, you know, I can, I can do it on my own. I can make it on my own. I don't need to come to church. I don't need to be with other Christians. There are a bunch of hypocrites, and I'll just, you know, I and Jesus, we're just fine. Well, you know, the thing is, is that the people who say that are just, if you're going to talk that way, they're just as much of a hypocrite as, as you and I. But that's not being nasty or negative. That's just simply saying something that they're using as an argument that's actually the truth. And so I want to say today that as we study this, you may in fact become intimidated today as I talk to you. Because God the Holy Spirit touches you and begins to move through you and say, well, I want, you to, I want you to think about, okay, so we have 
people in the hospital or we have people hurting or whatever, and you know that Pastor Brent or Pastor Tom is going to go visit them, but what if, what if you went and visited them? How might that make you feel when it's, when it's you? I want you to think that way today as, as, we, as we talk together. And we all share, we all share the same spirit. So whether you're a minister or a staff member or you sing in the praise team or you you teach Sunday school or whatever it is that you do or you don't think you do or whatever it is, understand this, that each and every one of us share in the same spirit. You know, Jesus, when he was preparing to leave, he looked at his disciples and he said, you know, it's good that I'm going. It's to your advantage that I go. Now, they didn't understand that at the time, but today I want you to understand this. What he was talking about is I need to go because when I go, when I pay that price, God the Holy Spirit is going to come and he is going to indwell you and through him will be manifested the Godhead that will now live in you and so I will be able to be with you in a way that I am not able to be with you now. And so each and every one of us share that same spirit what Jesus was talking about. And so God intends through each of us then, Jesus talked about, I'm, this is good for you because then I'm going to be able to dwell in every one of you. But now each of us as individuals in the body then need each other to carry out what he is giving us. We work as a body. We work as a group. God bought us. He paid for us with a price. And that was immediately his intention is to put you within the body of Christ to anoint you and I to begin to do the things, the works of God. We as individual believers, he has baptized, as I said, into this community. We as individual believers have been anointed of God, as I said, for, again, the common good. It is your and my calling to work for one another for each other's good. I said a minute ago, I said about Pastor Brent and I going visiting at the hospital. I want to say something to you today. I know I've said this before. Everyone expects the minister and or ministers or staff and staff to be Nice. Right? It's the pastor and or pastors and or staff. Marcy stood up here before you this morning. She's saying, we expect her to have a smile on her face and be nice to us. Good job, Marcy. Well, what about you? If you, <laughs> whoa, if you are not nice, so as I say, so people come in and they visit. And so that's accepted, that's expected. 
the pastor or pastors, the, the music leaders, the staff, whoever it is, you expect them to be nice. But if they come into this body and they become a part, in other words, they, they come to Sunday school class or community group or they, they come to a Bible study or they'll, they'll come on Wednesday night or whatever it is, They're going to see me up front or Pastor Brent up, Brent up front or Edwina or whoever. And they, okay, they're, they're going to be nice. Better. Right, Marcy? Yeah, better. But who they're going to be with is you. And if you're not nice, and I want to say to you, this is not a put on. This is a choice. Remember, you are anointed of the Holy Spirit for the sake of this conversation to be nice. You have been anointed of the Lord for the common good. So people who come into this house, yes, they're going to look at the pastor who's preaching, the praise and worship leader who's leading, the actual the other people that are singing too, they, they need to be nice. They're up there singing, they're going, wah, 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 wah. Like, whoa, who will they pick out of the whole crowd? The person is going, ow, 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 ow. Was that uplifting, Kathy? That, that, of the whole sermon, that'll be, you say later, he said, that was, I remember that part. You said, ow, ow, ow. that's all you remembered? Yes. If you're not nice, they're leaving. Now, that's not a 21st century build-the-church evangelistic thing to say. That's the creator who has all through the centuries worked to redeem us. That's his plan. And he said, hey, I'm going to fill you to do this. I'm going to give you my spirit that you will be enabled of him to love one another. That's what we're talking about today. If you would, I'm going to read with you. If you want to turn, have your Bibles, you want to turn with me. You know, we come into a time where it's up on the screen, right? Remember, do you remember when we used to go to church? And if you have your Bibles, would you please open it to? And I realize today that most of us don't open it to, do we? We get our phones up, but that's okay. It's like when I tell the youth and they're, they're sitting there and they got their nose in their phone. And I say to them, I know, what? Really? No, no, not our youth. I'll say, your phone is on the Bible app, right? You're reading scripture, right? So if you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility, who, whose responsibility? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. That's you. God's people. To equip you to do his work and build up the church. 
the body, the community of Christ, the family of Christ. That's God's intention. God created these, what we call the fivefold ministry, and their primary purpose in that calling is to equip you to be a blessing, to learn how to love one another, to learn how to work for each other's common good. Oh, somebody, somebody in this house say, yeah. Now, I said you might get a little intimidated as we're talking. You might just get a little intimidated. Wait a minute, I know what that preacher's up to. He's just going to try to get me to do something. Like before you leave today, to go out there to the table and sign up. I know what you're up to. That's like when you guys are preaching about giving and things like that. I know what you're up to. Well, actually, I'm up to preaching his word. It's not mine. It's his. So it's his truth. And so uh, more... uh, up-to-date saying, even though it's been around for a while, is he may, we're in this together. Now, I got to tell you, uh, I was a pioneer pastor for years. I pioneered two different churches, and that's a, this is not a, you know, oh, woe is me. I don't mean it like that. I'm saying to you, that's not, man, that is not easy. And I, I, I think I've actually commented to Marcy a couple of times, too. I said, you know, I'm really tired of the Tom show. Because when you're a pioneer pastor, you wear about 90,000 hats. You wear all the hats. And so I have a very unique perspective on what it's like when one man or one woman or a couple people try to do everything. It doesn't work. It is impossible... I say to you, it is impossible. Let's pick on Pastor Brent for a minute. Hi, Pastor, I know you're watching. Let's say that he, which he isn't, that he was the kind of minister that he wouldn't let anybody do anything. And everywhere you went, there he was, not that that's a bad thing, because he's a good guy. But everywhere you went, he was there and he was doing it. Then I would have the wonderful task as his associate pastor to respectfully speak to him sometime and say, Pastor, I, can I talk to you a minute? This is not good. It's not going to work. You're not supposed to be doing all this. Because it doesn't work. How do I know it doesn't work? Well, for one thing, I've lived it. And I'm telling you, after a while, you get tired. Because you're not meant to do all that. One person is not meant to do all that. And that whole conversation of the Western church where you've you've got the paid staff or the paid minister, and so that's whatever it is, that's that's for them to do. That is not true. Why is it impossible? Not only is it not, is it not possible because I've lived it, it's not possible for one physical human being to do everything. It's not God's will. 
He didn't make it that way. Have you ever tried to do something that wasn't God's will? Now, you don't have to raise your hand. You can if you want. Come on. It doesn't work, does it? Or maybe it'll work for a while. And even if it does work, I've seen that too. We've got to be real careful, church, because then what we do is then we start to worship a minister instead of the creator. We begin to think of them as a superhero. Not to say that there's not heroes in this church, because I'm telling you that there is. But there is only one. And he said, I have indwelled all of you. I have anointed all of you to do this together. There is no way possible. I'm telling you even now, there is no way possible, even before our church, which is growing and is going to grow, that I or Pastor Brent can possibly minister to all of you intimately all the time and meet every role all the time. Also, too, I can't go to work with you. I don't live in your neighborhood. Your family, even though we are family, you know what I'm talking about. Your family is not my family. You have those unique roles, and Jesus has called you in place. You don't think in your life that things are accidents. I tell you, for me, I have worked all of my life. I've been bivocational minister almost my whole life. And I ministered more in, out in the workplace than I ever did in the church. Led more people to Jesus in the workplace, in the service, than I have in the church. Jesus is out there working, and he wants you to be with him because you're, you are, as you've heard before, you are his hands and his feet. And he, you say, well, I don't know if God will use me. He, that, he already says he will. So I, I want to kind of look at it, kind of word it to you in another way. And, and we think about this, and again, I'm just saying, we just think about this. What about the pastor's job? We think about that, and that's a good thing. We think about what about the pastor's job? We're, we're going to hire somebody to be our pastor. What about the staff's jobs? What about them? We, we, we hire them, ask them to do things. We think about that. We think about their job description and what they're supposed to be doing. And we, and we do. We, let's face it, we do. We hold them to account. You hold me to account. So today I want to say to you, you need to add, what about my job? What is my job? The job, the anointing that God gave to me. Well, I'm just, or I can't. Well, you're right. You are just and you can't. Now let's get past that and embrace the fact that you were born again. 
You are a co-inheritor with Jesus Christ. And he has called you and anointed you to be a blessing, to work for the common good of your brothers and sisters. You ever go out at night, look up at the stars? There's a big body out there, isn't there? It's called the moon. You ever really think about the moon? So I tell you, sometimes the moon is just, well, it's always awesome, but sometimes, well, when you have a full moon and it's just like right there, and it just lights the night. But that light is doesn't belong to the moon. So I want you to relate to the moon for just a minute as you're thinking about this today. Because the moon's job is to reflect the light. Now, we know where that light's coming from, don't we? From the sun. So take this analogy as you are to reflect the light of the sun. It's not your light. It's his light. You're not alone. But that is your job, to reflect the light. So as you respond today, and in your life and in your heart, remember, he's not asking you to create some light. He is the light. And he's asking you to reflect that light. And he will always be there to, ref- to shine that light upon you that you then, that it shines forth from you. I cannot tell you, you might say, well, that's kind of bold or prideful to say. I, I cannot tell you Through the years, how many people have come to me, poured out their hearts to me, shared with me, it's because they saw the light. Yes, I said yes. I said yes. I said, Lord, please feel free to shine upon me. And they responded. I've had a lot of people come to me and share their hearts that have no idea why they're doing what they're doing. And I don't necessarily right away volunteer and say, that's Jesus touching you. I just listen and begin to uh, talk with them and let the Holy Spirit work in their life. God wants to do that in you. But if we really walk in the light, 1 John 1, 7, but if we really walk in the light that is, that is live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true, unbroken fellowship with one another. I want to read that part again. But if we really walk in the light that is that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true, unbroken fellowship 
with one another. This is a result of walking in the light. This is like God says, if you do this, this is what will happen. Guaranteed. So even as we look to be a blessing to each other, don't think that you're going to do that on your own. He's going to work through you. He's going to bless you. He's going to be there. You are to say yes. Yes, Lord, I, I, want, I want to do this. And then is to trust him that he's going to work. And so that we will have true unbroken fellowship with one another. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I mean, really. I think of an old movie. It's called The Robe. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure there's some of you that do. <clears throat> but in the movie, there is a Roman soldier who is touched by the Lord, by the Lord Jesus. And there's a uh, little scene in there where he's telling uh, Gene Simmons, I don't know if anybody remembers Gene Simmons. I know I'm showing my age. And he begins to explain to her what I'm talking about today, about that, that, this wonderful fellowship, about brotherly, what we would call today brotherly love. He's describing this to her. And she's sitting and listening. And when he gets done, she looks at him and she says, That's a, that's a wonderful story. And you can tell that she really wants that to be true. But she says, that's just not the way it is. That's just not the way of the world. That's not the way men are. And so his word recorded and said that through his people in the book of Acts, that they turned the world upside down. We are still that church. And I tell you today that people come in this place and they experience you and they see us loving one another. They see us working together. Let's, they see us crying together, crying for one another, ministering to one another. God is going to use that and he's going to touch them and he's going to draw them. How do I know that? It's been his plan the whole time. I'm not so smart. It's, it's right there. Gene Simmons said it wasn't possible, but my God is the God of the impossible. My God said, your God, our God said, I want to do this through you, and I will. I've already done it. Let me finish this verse. He with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. The harmony of God, a true relationship with him and so with one another. As we have been anointed of God through his spirit, to live for each other, for each other's common good. 
For this is the message. I, I, you remember I said to you that this isn't my idea? I didn't originate this. This is God. This has been his plan from the beginning. And so you can have faith in it. It isn't just because I said this today. Some guy said this to me. God said this. For this is the message which you believers have heard from the beginning of your relationship with Christ, that we should unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need Your sin runs deep, your grace is more, your grace is found, is where you
praying for that person that's hurting when you're the one that goes and visits at the hospital when you're the one that gets the call in the middle of the night oh, wait a minute you're the minister that's what you do yeah but my job is to equip you to do that too because I got to tell you when you're the one don't think for a minute like Marcy's just sang the song to us don't think that you're not crying out to God please help me who am I but I tell you today that that is good for you we need you we we deceive ourselves into thinking we just go on and we say yeah i need god but no when that comes to that place when you're face to face with someone or someone's or whatever it is in that moment you know that you need him because the thing is is that there is never a time that we don't need him like that and when we commit to one another more and more we realize how much we need him and we lean upon him brothers and sisters that's when health comes to the church that's when we come together i have loved this verse since i first came to christ these verses Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. That's what I was talking about when you, that place, the Word of God says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We want to walk in that fear, that reverence, that awe. And many wonders, and see, when we do that, then God can respond. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Do you hear that? And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we see here the early church. This is right, this is it. This is the beginning of the church. We see God's will working in God's people. And so we see love for God Love for one another. Good, strong leadership in his word. Corporate worship. 
fellowship, worship, breaking of bread with one another. People see this, and as it says right there, and God added to the church daily those who were being saved. The church was powerful, and brothers and sisters, we are the New Testament church. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't gone anywhere. Boy, I wish I could go back then. You are then. You are now. The Spirit of God is now. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, can you say with me, Amen. Amen. God bless each of you. Let this day be a change in your life for the rest of your life. God bless you. Don't forget that table as you're walking out today.